our next episode is episode number 200 and we'd love to hear from you about maybe your favorite topics that we covered or something that you learned from the show or something that you learned about us individually whatever we'd be happy to hear about it and put it up on the show we got heard from a few people so far but we'd love to hear from more that's 570-POD-WAD-1. Uh, that is our phone number. You can leave a voicemail. It'll go right to voicemail. No one will talk to you, I promise. That's 570-POD-WAD-1. Or you can email us at shout at me. We'd appreciate it. Otherwise, just keep listening. Like, we appreciate that too. Y'all heard? One, two, three. Hey, hey everybody. everybody. This is Y'all, y'all heard. heard. This is a podcast for me, Marissa Phillips. And me, Pete Phillips. Are not related. Yeah, and this is a show where two friends get together over a cauldron and add all sorts of ingredients, like a sprig of cardamom, which I think may be possible, eye of raven, foot of bat, a dash of awareness, a hefty dose of friendship, and the essence of funny. Eventually, we serve up a bowl to you, the listener. Insert witch laugh. Oh, one that would have been fine if you didn't use a hand gesture at one yeah. point. Yeah. Two, I'm not. I'm not positive. I think cardamom comes in pods. Okay. Well. <laughs> fuck me then. Sorry not to call you out there. In other words, we tell you things you didn't know you needed to know. Pete, how are you? I'm okay. Today, I donated $25 to Wikipedia. I considered that recently, and then I didn't. Well, you know, for the sake of the podcast and, and all the good that Wikipedia gives us... Yeah. I uh, I did my part for the show, so you're covered, Marissa. You need to save up for Common Sense Media. <laughs> yeah, thank you. I was going to say, maybe now that Common Sense Media charges, I need to use Wikipedia, but no, because then that would give away the whole plot. Ugh. Guys, Common Sense Media is the website I use to find out if a movie is too gory for me. Um, you can see why it's right. Like, it'll tell you. A, it has a part where parents say what they think it should be rated and what kids say they think it should be rated. And then they break it down by theme. So if I don't really want to get the plot away, I just press violence and it'll say all the violent things that happen. Mm-hmm. And if I think I can handle it, I won't know anything else that happened in the movie. It's perfect. I would use it all the time, like every day. It's now behind a paywall, and you only get three reviews a month. I'm sorry, Pete, not to say What's happening your to this world? Continue. No, uh, you can get you can get something similar on IMDb, but I have noticed that because it is crowdsourced, depending on who is contributing to it, they weigh things a little bit differently than others. Like, I can't remember the specific movie I was watching, but, like, I was watching a movie, and um, it may have probably... I mean, most of the time when I look at it, it probably is for you to see, like, what kind of violence or stuff if I missed it. But, like, it was, like, tons of sex, and, like, there's not any nudity in the movie. It was, like, I don't know. Like, somebody... They rated it severe, in terms of, like, in the sex category, but it's like nobody was naked, there was That's no junk, fun. like everything, you know, there was certainly like, ooh, mwah, mwah, mwah. like. <laughs> well, yeah, common sense media is definitely a bit conservative at times. Like, it'll be like, this movie had 
uh, illicit affairs. But again, that's why I only press on the violence icon. I don't yeah. care. Give me illicit affairs. That's a plus. Anyway, <laughs> no, that's about it. I, I talked to two people today. Both of the conversations sort of devolved into complaining. And As all my conversations. Both of the people said, this happens every time I talk to you. <laughs> <laughs> that's rude to say to you. <laughs> I don't like that. So... That's what happened that, to me. Actually, you know what? This this also happened to me this morning. I so I take my coffee to work because my my job once provided us with coffee for free. It was shitty coffee, but it was free coffee. That's beautiful. Uh, now they don't, and they're blaming COVID for some reason. So oh, like, the same way that Disney blamed COVID for having the candy store closed, even though we were allowed to be face to face in a bar. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, like, you're making us all show up here. The least you could do is give us our coffee back. <laughs> I know, you fuckers. Also, they said that COVID, like, the least likely it is to be on food and surfaces. Yeah. It's all in the air. So, yeah, yeah. I think our food, like, the food providing company was like, oh, uh, since nobody's here and we don't really know what the situation is, we're going to say no coffee because of COVID. And then everybody came back and they were like, we're going to hope nobody notices that you don't get any <laughs> coffee. <laughs> And yeah. by the way, everybody notices. <laughs> As I would imagine. But I bring my coffee, and I got one of those, you know, like, metal insulated containers. And it's got a plastic lid. And I think what happens is I put the plastic lid on, and it's so hot that the plastic lid, like, expands a little bit. It's hard to get the top off. What happened today? And I thought I was going to get tea all over my fucking face. So I did. Not my <gasps> face. I got all over my shirt and okay. my pants. Um, how many minutes would you guess did this happen before I had class? Two minutes. Uh, more like six, but... Oh, still horrible. <laughs> yeah. I had two minutes to sit down after I, you know, did my best to clean it up and everything. And then I sat down at the desk in the classroom and I waited for everybody to show up and I was like... Just so you guys know, I spilled coffee on myself. <laughs> and now I'm going to stand up. <laughs> <laughs> Again, if I was your student, I would probably love just the relatability and realness you bring. But I bet your students malfunctions. I don't. I can't tell because they all have masks on. I'm realizing while I'm teaching that I say a lot with expressions and I perceive a lot with expressions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because okay. I'm still the idiot out there who smiles at people when I see them thinking that they can see my face. You're such a rare treasure that, <laughs> mask or not, that you smile at people. <laughs> I am so afraid of smiling at someone and then not smiling back, which I haven't done that, but I have said hello to people. And them not say hello back to me, so I don't do that ever fucking again. Because <laughs> people are fucking assholes. Speaking of assholes, how's your week going? <laughs> uh, I would say two things. One that reminded me that <clears throat> I think that me and my boyfriend are like on par with thinking way too much about what other people think and being really nice to them. But I like how sensitive we are because... Like, we'll hold the door for someone, but if they don't say hi, we'll both say, that fucking fucker, 
fuck that asshole like so fast. Like we care so much, but the moment you do not give us the same, you're like, I'll light you on fire. Speaking of lighting things on fire, nope. I'm not I'm not saying I'm gonna commit arson. I just mean I have to go into the office tomorrow and I'm so sorry. Yeah. Thank you for your shared sadness. Uh, I need to wake up. Let me just tell you, again, some people are like, yeah, so what, bitch? I've been in the office the whole time. So I need to wake up an hour and 45 minutes earlier in order to make it with the commute. And um, I already have a problem. Even though I wake up literally 10 minutes before work starts, and I sleep eight hours a day. I already am in rare form. Uh, if you haven't been following all I'm, of our I'm podcasts, I'm really glad that we have recorded tonight. Then, <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is a good. Yeah, uh, I already am known as being antisocial in the in the office, and generally, and on Zoom. The, yeah, and on Zoom. Generally, it's like with a little bit like, haha. She's so weirdly socially inept, but like, depending on how early you catch me, I will really be nasty, nasty. And I don't know if this is a coincidence, but so for some weird reason, my job has most people in three times a week and then two days remote. But me and this other guy are two days in three times remote and they framed it like it was arbitrary, but I did realize we are the most ornery and just unhinged people on stack. And I also noticed our Finally pays off. Also our days don't overlap, which I'm very sad about. Because boy would I love the two pissiest, most antisocial people to just be fucking bitches simultaneously to make everyone suffer to bring for bringing us back in. But um I'm gonna meet people I never met because we hired people during COVID. Mm-hmm. Um there's this guy who seems really nice, but he never seems to understand when I'm joking. I told him I was a ghost, and he was like, oh, wonder, you know, I don't even know if you're real. I'm like, no, yeah, I'm a ghost. And he's like, ha, yeah, that would be scary. And I was like, I am. You'll see. So I meet him tomorrow. He's above me. It's my pay grade, too. So I just, for some reason, feel comfortable talking very weird to him. And um, I want to be up too early. Um, I'm very sensitive to caffeine these days, and there are going to be mouse traps around my desk, I was told, uh, but thankfully facilities vacuumed up the feces in the, <laughs> in the desk drawers. I am going to be so unhinged. I'm ready. I'm ready, and I'm not holding it back, because this is what you get when you bring someone with social anxiety who doesn't like anyone into a work setting after having me be in my house with no one for almost two years. What do you think? I'm going to be the end of the social experiment, and you're going to see this is what you did. (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) It It does suck. Like, sometimes when I wake up in the morning, I'm like, man, I would love to just sleep for, like, another half hour or something but i Mm -hmm. can't because i need this time to 
eat breakfast, get lunch together, wash myself, pick out clothes, all this crap, and you just forget all that stuff matters when you get to roll out of bed in your pajamas, <laughs> sit I down know. at the computer, and do your work for the day. <laughs> exactly. Sometimes I don't change my clothes. Uh, I don't like. I don't have to do everything immediately. Mm-hmm. I get to like base it out. But most importantly, I love getting a shower at lunchtime. I don't know why. Yeah. <laughs> why? I don't know why. I just just oh, like. Oh, you said, you know I, this why? is this it's is the like, time for showering. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Pete, just a just a life hack. You could take a shower at night. Yeah. I do that. Me too. Because I can barely. Oh, you shower twice a day? No, sometimes I'm like, oh. I don't feel like it because I'm tired. And oh, if I get okay. a shower, I'm afraid I might wake up. Yeah, yeah. Plus, I, I don't want to mess my hair up. I mean, you could also do a cat bath, which I don't know if my mother made up with that term. My ex-boyfriend did, but I feel like they both say that, which is where you just wash your genitalia, your butt, and your underarms. Speaking of icebreakers. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's a hack for all of you, too. Don't want to wake yourself up? Just wash the bits that matter. But don't even go under the shower. Anyway, yes, give me a nice Icebreaker. Icebreaker. I'm hard-pressed to think that we have not done this before, but um, if we have, and anybody who's listening remembers, kudos to you. (laughs) And you'll get to see what our answer might be today compared to what it was before. Marissa, Uh if you were a ghost, but you could choose where you wanted to haunt, where would you pick? Can you define haunt? Does this just mean where I hang out? Does it mean where I scare people? Or is it my choice? Oh, I I assume that you hanging out would scare people. (laughs) Oh, like, I mean, like... People can see me. Like I, I can. And can I? I like can do poltergeist activity. Yeah. Like I yeah. develop that. Okay. You first. I think I have no idea, but the first place that came to mind was um, like a school gymnasium. Oh, that sounds fun. Preferably one with a pool for some reason. Because <laughs> uh, you want. To come out of the pool and you're like the outline of your body. Yeah, like the invisible man, sort of. Yeah, I like that. I like that. (laughs) Like, part of me is thinking of high school, but it's not for any reason that would be related to high school aged people. So, (laughs) Sorry, that does sound scandalous. It just does seem like a place that would have a gymnasium and a a swimming pool. But, you know, even if it's a YMCA, I'm cool with that. Hmm. If they were to build like a legend around me, it would be like uh, this is a guy who, who uh, ran for too long on the treadmill, <laughs> <laughs> and now he haunts the YMCA because he I had like- body dysmorphia for his entire oh, life. <laughs> this is weird. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> um. Okay. One or two things. If I just, if I'm a really bitch ghost and I just want to bring torment to people, 
I would just haunt my ex-boyfriend to teach him a lesson that you don't ghost people unless you want that to come back to you literally. As a ghost. <laughs> yep. Uh, or my old neighborhood, the first year I was in Korea, because one, it was beautiful, but two, Korea has the urban legend of fan death. And I would just go around looking for people who... So fan death, I think, is if you have the, a fan running and your windows are closed. So I would just, I would just kind of give power to that urban legend. Hmm. I wouldn't kill anyone. I don't know that, but I do have fans running with windows closed. Wait, you never heard of fan death? No. I feel like I must have told you. Like, yeah, that's like a, it's like a really big like. I don't know if young people believe it, but like everyone would talk about fan death. You're supposed to not. Oh wait, no. Okay, is it? Wait, I mean, well, is it related have... to like? Blowing oh. around spirits and giving them an out? Let me see. Fan death is a belief that running an electric fan in a room closed with an unopened or no windows will cause death. Ooh. Does it say why people believe in fan death? Um, fears about electric fans date back to their introduction in Korea. Uh, oh. With stories dating to the 1920s and 30s warning of risks of nausea, asphyxiation, and facial paralysis. No, this sounds even more interesting. I might have to talk about fan death in the future. I'm not going to talk about it anymore. All right. Yep. Oh, I forgot. It's my topic. What would you like to talk about? I talking to scary. Boo. Uh, boo. Some people like to be scared, like me, but like a controlled kind of scared. Um, but some people hate it, and. Yeah, like, whatever. You knew that already. But the thing is, I really think about it all the time. Because my father doesn't seem afraid of anything. But he won't watch a scary movie. Or, like, I'll get him to watch one, like, every two years or something. And it's not like, oh, he watches it and he's like, oh, I'm so creeped out. He's like, I don't want to watch it. And my boyfriend just won't. He just won't. And if he does, he'll have to make jokes. But he just... It's just like there are some people, I realize, that just shut down when it comes to scary movies. And they're often men, I see. Uh, they're often older men in my life. I have an uncle that doesn't like scary movies also. And I'm just like, I don't get it. Like, my father's the one who needs to, like, you know, he used to walk me in the dark. Or, you know, he's the one I, like, I, like, held his hand when I was a little kid. Like, he's the one who's supposed to... I mean, once he checked my entire house for bats and made a uh, uh, a helmet out of chicken wire, Pete, to help me move out of the bat-infested house. So, I mean, my dad's, like, the strongest guy in my life, so why does he refuse to watch scary movies? So Because um, he's fearless. So, what does that mean? So, how do you... Like, like you, wa- you like watching period pieces. Do you think a Victorian person would want to watch a movie that was about <laughs> Victorian times? Yeah, I like that. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Well, Pete did my show for me. Your dad is the Candyman. He doesn't need to watch the Candyman. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, so, like, and I, I always ask, and I think he couldn't even articulate why. So, I know, that I, at times I was like, oh, does this feel related to my last topic? But no, I feel like it's, last time it was like, why do people like Halloween? Why do people like being scared? This is like, why do certain people not like being scared? Like, 
You're really coming well, up with long titles uh, lately, and I want you to know it's it's difficult for me. <laughs> how about you make this called Why Do Some People Fear Fear? Y'all heard yeah. about Why Do oh, Some you, People <laughs> Fear Fear? No, no, y'all heard about The Fear of Fear? <clears throat> oh. I'll deal with that. Anyway, I'll, I'll think about it. Y'all heard about oh. Fear starring Mark Wahlberg and oh, Reese Witherspoon. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, but I don't think I ever saw that whole movie. I just saw parts of it. It's just shrouded in mystery, and I feel like I should never watch it because it'll ruin it for me. <laughs> so I focus on two articles. Uh, the first one I don't do the source, but the second one I do. So we'll get to that. Anyway, to start, well, Pete, first of all, do you like being scared? I don't know why I like scary movies so much. Mm-hmm. Because, no, I don't really like to be scared. I don't... <laughs> I know I've said it on this show before, but just to remind everybody, I don't really like the sensation that comes with adrenaline. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, okay. you know, I kind of try to take it a little easy. But, yeah, like, I'll watch a scary movie. i like, you know, find myself biting on my fingernails as it gets, like, more... Maybe because of tension. Maybe that's why I like it. But but no, um, I can also talk myself into being scared in real life. You know, just by looking at the news, am I right? Uh, <laughs> no, like I could talk myself into being... If I went into like an old house or something, I could talk myself into being scared um, enough to want to leave, but not like run outside or something like that. I don't know. I have a complicated relationship with fear. So do I. I love a scary movie. Don't love a gory movie, but I love a scary movie. I also love a scary movie, weirdly, that, like, kind of hits close to home. Except for The Strangers. For some reason, home invasion movies hit too close to home. But even though I am a religious person, I like religious scary movies. I don't know why. But it's funny that Pete said he doesn't like fear, because some of my few real-life fear events have had Pete involved. (laughs) Like, (laughs) when... We did something once, and then we heard cop sirens, and I thought we were going to get in trouble. Or, like, when Pete lit something on fire and put off fireworks, and police were near, and I thought we were going to get in trouble. And, like... <laughs> well, th- see, crazy. these are different These are different uh, fear scenarios, though. Oh, no, no, no. I know. I'm, I'm, I'm saying I like controlled fear, but I'm saying that it's funny you say you don't like fear beyond scary movies, because I think you can <laughs> cause fearful <laughs> Yeah, like, I guess there's something to be said, too, where, like, if you're in Halloween and Michael Myers is going to stab you to death versus you get arrested for lighting fireworks and now you actually have to live in prison. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm, of course, not equating that with a horror movie. I just thought that was funny. Yeah. Um, I got spooked out when, um, like... It wasn't when we took uh, the Nutella sandwich. It wasn't in one of our cemetery tours. But when you, for some reason, I ended up like deep into that cemetery across from General Hospital, mm-hmm. like where you and your friends used to play, like, yeah, <laughs> like just chill out. And there were yeah. like knocked over like uh, gravestones yeah. and stuff like that. Um, I was like, this place is too spooky. I don't want to be here. <laughs> cemetery was literally the best 
place of my life until I found out a home a bunch of homeless people squatted in the abandoned building in the back of it. Mm-hmm. So it was scary for people reasons. <laughs> yeah. Oh God, I love that cemetery. Pete, if I come back to Wilkes, not it. I'm going to come back to Wilkes-Barre eventually. We need to go. Anyway, researchers at the American Psychological Association has found that some people thrive on the uncertainty and intensity associated with quote unquote scary activities. Everything from roller coasters to horror movies to, to like, escape rooms with zombies in them or something. And according to Frank Farley, psychologist, there's almost nothing else, including sex, that can match fear in terms of the incredible sensory experience that the body is put through. I guess that's debatable depending on the level of sex you have. But yeah. anyway. So why poor, do guy's, some of us poor guy's too busy researching fear, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so why do some of us enjoy thrusting, that's their word, not mine, ourselves into these situations? Are we talking According about sex or fear? <laughs> fear. <laughs> According to Steve Jordan's, J-O-R-R-D-E-N-S, Jordan's, I just need to make sure you know it's not Jordan. Uh, who is a is his middle name Air? <laughs> all right, all right, guys, I'll, I'll slow down. <laughs> According to Steve Jordan's psychology professor at the University of Toronto, it's not just any type of fear that we embrace. It's a controlled type of fear, which I mentioned in my previous episode about why we love Halloween. None of us want to feel real fear, he explains, such as the fear that would come with being involved in an attack or accident. Real fear has an overarching I'm going to die feeling. And for most of us, that could be extremely scary, but not in a good way. So as an example, like I said, I love horror movies. But when I lived in Wilkesbury and I was in college and I thought I needed to be edgy to be considered punk, I would break into buildings uh, and property all the time with these two rando dudes. And once it seemed like cops were nearby and we needed a quick exit. And no one told me at a time that we were going to have to scale an entire slanted roof. It was that day that I was certain I was going to die. <laughs> that wasn't fun. <laughs> anyway. And then you also got the opportunity to live with bats, but that was yeah. scary. That was not disgusting. like bats in a scary movie. No, that was like, ugh, don't even get me started. Anyway, what we do enjoy, however, is the type of fear that comes when we know that our lives are not in danger. For example, like watching... Midnight Mass, from the comfort of our own sofa, or learning about gruesome killers on a podcast. Uh, but obviously that doesn't mean we all love Research shows that there can be biological reasons behind our loving or loathing of fear. A study from the University of Bonn reveals that fear... <laughs> I think this is a foreign article. Uh, a st- what? From Canada. You know what Bon is? No, you cited a Canadian person, though. Oh, thank you. I don't even notice that. <laughs> yes, Canadian article. A study from the University of Bonn reveals that fear can act on people at a genetic level, specifically via a gene called the COMT gene, which directs how signals are transferred between nerves. A study found that people who have two identical... Identical? I don't even break my mouth. That's a new corporation. 
People have two identical COMT genes, had higher anxiety levels, and were more susceptible to being terrified. Whereas people who had two different versions of the gene were more likely to enjoy a scary movie or sometimes even find the really spooky parts kind of funny. Um, so then there's Dr. Simons of Cambridge University's Behavioral and Clinical Neuroscience Institutes, uh, who mentions that highly empathetic people can be easily overstimulated by what they see. Um, and Pete did an episode on what was called a highly sensitive person, so those would also fall into that group. And children exposed to scary movies or who have real-life scary or traumatic experiences might become more sensitive or responsive, which might mean they don't enjoy fear as adults. Yeah. So here's where I interject that slightly sad point that I don't know for sure this is why. I did my father had a hard childhood. Yeah. And my one uncle that doesn't like scary things. I think a tra- I don't think anyone in my family listens. I think. Though I think I told this to my parents and they said, I don't know if that's true or not. There was a fire at like a Dorney Park haunted house, which is a real thing, that killed a bunch of people. And I think my uncle claimed he was at the school that went on the field trip where a bunch of the teens were dead, uh, died. And he called out from school that day and so he didn't die and he feels guilty. He also doesn't like scary things. That's a valid answer. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, um, no, and I think, um, I don't know. Would you say that there's more scary movies now than ever? Because there's also, America wise, um, less war and things as compared to, you know, like, I don't think horror movies were really a common thing back in the 40s and the. <laughs> did they have movies in the 40s? Forget what I'm saying, Marissa. Keep talking. <laughs> Ooh, silent movies? <laughs> I don't know. Anyway. Yeah, so I, again, I don't know. I mean, I, I really want to know my boy, my boyfriend hates horror movies. But, um, yeah, so the older men in my boyfriend's life. Boyfriend's in I, blood and guts all day, isn't he? I guess so. <laughs> but I think maybe a childhood experience. He wasn't in blood and guts as a child. But, uh, yeah, I definitely think a lot of the older people I know, if I were to guess, I could attribute it to them having actually scary childhoods. Uh, so, this Reader's Digest article I found goes a little deeper. In oh, the pop- shit, she's getting into the hard news, guys. <laughs> it's a little deeper in the, No like, more Canada, we're in the Reader's Digest. <laughs> Go a little deeper in, like, childhood trauma aspect. Um, so they say it's no surprise that one of the reasons... Uh, why a person may or may not like something scary stems from childhood experiences and the amygdala, which is the part of the brain that controls your fight or flight response. According to Kelly Hopkins Alvarez, a licensed professional counselor, um, she says that some people, when they were growing up, for one reason or another, have a more active amygdala. And those people, and for those people, the amygdala is much more developed than others. The origin of why or how the amygdala is more active is usually found in trauma that someone may have experienced, including but not limited to attachment and bonding deficits from early caregivers, birth trauma, neglect, malnutrition, poverty, substance abuse, etc. See, those are even darker than I thought. Um, I wouldn't think like bonding deficits would lead you to hate scary movies. It's interesting. 
Okay, so going on. Another reason may be because some people are just quote-unquote wired differently. In other words, some people simply have higher tolerance to anxiety and fear than others. This wiring may also coincide with childhood-based experiences. Uh, she goes on to say, I once had a client who shared with me that when they were young, they used to watch scary movies with their mother, and that made them feel safe, and that sometimes they even laughed together at the scary scenes. They definitely had a sense of what was reality and what was fantasy. Um, I have to say, my family never watched scary movies with me, and... <laughs> There are times I don't know Does why. Does that make you feel afraid of <laughs> scary movies? No, I love scary movies. Because of abandonment? No, I'm not afraid of scary movies. I mean, my parents were playing movies with me. But I do really struggle with violent movies. Like, really, really, really struggle. And I do know that when I was a kid, I definitely was either, like, in the next room, like, or they didn't realize something they were watching was so bad, and then, like, they told me to leave after the fact. Like, I went... I have a scene from... I don't know if it's... I don't know. Some... I have some scene with a slavery movie that is so inappropriate for a child to see, and I know my parents didn't mean for me to see it, but I think about it sometimes to this day. Um, I also, like, I, so I, I can't even, like, watch or sometimes even learn about the thing. Um, I also have a scene from Killer Clowns, and it upsets me to see anything about Killer Clowns. And, um, there might be other stuff. But yeah, basically, I do think that it probably sucks, because, like, that probably didn't help, that I just, like, saw violent movies, and I wasn't supposed to, and no one, like, explained it to me, and I knew it was, like, a bad thing. So, yeah, I don't know. That's interesting. But anyway. Yeah. Uh, um, trying to think. For for me, I feel bad because I can't remember the damn, damn name of the movie right now. Little Monsters with Fred Savage and Howie Mandel. That's like, oh, I know of it, but I never saw it. That's like a movie where I'm like, oh, that was an early movie that I saw that was a horror movie. I didn't, you know, really get the opportunity to see many uh, when I was a kid. But I do remember being, spending a weekend with my dad. And then he took me to a friend's house. And then I accidentally ended up seeing like a graphic horror movie. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I, so I think... When it comes to, I, I think, yeah, like maybe I had like a sort of different access point where I was like, ooh, movies are fake. Ooh, scary movies are also fake. And so maybe that's why, you know, it's a little different, but. I obviously know they're fake, but for some reason yeah, they're fake. <laughs> and like, it causes intrusive thoughts. That's a whole other thing. Anyway. Uh, but yeah, it's interesting how how impactful your childhood could be. I think if my child walked in on like, a graphic movie I would like sit down and talk about it with them or something I guess um so moving on um scary movie <laughs> and your parents are just like Marissa leave the room and be alone with that for a while <laughs> <laughs> yeah I don't even that's what it like it was I was like why did I why what where how could I have seen certain things I saw anyway 
Scary movies also trigger increased adrenaline production, something Pete hates, <laughs> in the body, and an overall boost in brain activity. This sensation can be experienced either positively or, in Pete's case, negatively, <laughs> depending on the person experiencing it. Those experiencing a positive reaction allow themselves to enjoy the thrill and increased heart rate. Um, in fact, in some cases, this increased heart rate can even burn calories. For others, achieving this level of enjoyment is much harder, if not impossible. In fact, the excess adrenaline may trigger anxiety and panic attacks, uh, thus resulting in negative and sometimes traumatizing experiences. Uh, another theory that may come into play for those with an overactive amygdala is the excitation transfer theory. Psychology Dictionary defines this as aggressive responses that are intensified by arousal from other stimuli not directly related to the original stimulus that started the aggression. Um, so for people with that overactive amygdala, they can develop a generalized anxiety that pops up whenever there is an unknown. And this can be directly after watching like a scary movie or hearing a song that triggers back to an early memory or something like that. Mm -hmm. um, or like terrible example but like you see child's play and it scares you and now every doll you're ever yeah. going to come across is going to scare you i'm going to say i have a very complicated relationship with alf but anyway <laughs> of dogs. Well, that's for another um, episode <laughs> yeah <laughs> lastly while it's not true that all of those who experience negativity associated with scary movies are called highly sensitive people, a topic we've covered, but most do tend to fall into that category. A highly sensitive person, HSP, has a tendency to be overstimulated by their environment, whether it's due to bright light, stress, social situations, etc. This does not exclude scary movies, um, which where an a HSP may experience the intensity at an entirely different level than those who are not highly sensitive. So this made me really, like, question things, because, again, I hate a gory movie, love a scary movie so much, but I was like, I definitely am a highly sensitive person, but I was like, let me not assume, let me take the test again, and I was very high on the charts. <laughs> like, I am so agitated and overwhelmed by so many things. So, yeah, I just, I find it interesting. I, I kind of want to, I kind of don't understand how I'm able to love these horror movies while also being a person so overwhelmed by so many things in life. And same with you, because you're I think, a highly sensitive I, I think it might come from, like, the source of the material mm -hmm. in some ways. Like, like the source of the scary, I, I guess, is, is more what I'm saying. Because, like, yeah. violence can be very realistic. Violence can also be very silly. But violence can also be very scary. And so, um, so for you perhaps having that childhood experience and then seeing people hurt that's not a thing that you're into and also i think just your general sense of empathy you would also be like oh gosh you know like even if somebody quote unquote deserved it in a movie you probably don't want to see somebody like getting the shit beat out of them um yeah, because yeah, yeah, like it's it's something that you can internalize, and you're like, that's not good. I don't like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, my empathy goes into overdrive. Like you said, with the exception of the Midnight Mass Lady, but yes. <laughs> the um, 
the one that always sticks with me... See, now I'm stuck between, like, not scared, but, like, disturbed. Mm-hmm. Okay. I get, like, I get disturbed when I see a movie where um, children are brutal. And, and, like, like, there's a few horror movies where children, like, just hurt people for no reason. And, okay. um, and it's not like they have some psychological problem or anything. The parents might even defend them or, like, protect them from being caught or something like that. And those are ones where I just kind of, like, there's just, like, a sense of, ah, uh, like, like, I lose a sense of confidence in people. <laughs> Did someone just watch We Need to Talk About Kevin? I still haven't seen that, no. <laughs> yeah, I only read the Wikipedia and it shows me... <laughs> Yeah, actually, I can't continue watching Baba Duke. I couldn't finish Baba Duke, even though I was—I heard that's not a gory horror movie, just because the child makes me want to die. Yeah, makes me feel. Anyway, that's a whole other tangent. Um, but yeah, I—that I, is actually the end of my research. My I abrupt. Think, I think your research makes sense, and I do think like, uh, like so. I told you that story, like. But my dad took me to somebody else's house, and then yeah. they, like, left to, I don't know, do something manly. <laughs> like, work on a car or some shit. <laughs> yeah. Um, and they sort of, like, left me, and the TV was on. So okay. my dad okay. wasn't necessarily into scary-slash-horror things. But mm-hmm. he was um, one of my X-Files buddies, where he would call after the X-Files and we would talk about what, you know, what would just happen in the episode and that sort of thing. And so I think that he did have, I think like related to his experiences, he had a general distrust of authority, especially the government. And he resented being sent to Vietnam and he never really talked about the things that he saw in Vietnam. And so again, I could see that he wouldn't want to put himself in a situation that would make him feel yeah. Maybe the fear that he felt for real um, at a certain point in time. Well, so I think, well, my dad, but continue. I think I th- so. I think that can sort of like play a lot into um, why, particularly, some of these people in your life that are maybe around the same age. Um, yeah, maybe they don't want to do it. It doesn't explain Aaron, though. We got to crack Aaron. <laughs> Yeah, I do want to know that deal. I wonder, too, because the people that you're talking about, I guess with, like, the, the the least with your uncle, but, you know, when you talk about your dad and you talk about your boyfriend, these are people who are supposed to provide security. So maybe they're not comfortable, you know, like, exposing themselves to fear because they worry about how it might, like, how you might see them or something like that. That's a frivolous and silly reason, but... You never know. Um... I would also like to see how many intersections there are between people that don't like horror movies and people who went to Vietnam. <laughs> That's also a whole nother... Well, I'm, I don't think I can do an episode on that. I don't know if the date is there, but anyway. Uh, yeah, so uh, I will also say that my brother, who is, I consider a highly sensitive person, gentle person, very kind very sensitive and, and uh, I don't mean sensitive like easily his feelings are hurt. I just mean like he's very sensitive to feelings and things and people and uh, he loves horror movies. 
And he also loves horror movies that I don't like that he loves. Like, he used to love Hellraiser, and I don't like that. That is fascinating. I don't your like Your brother. It. Yep. <laughs> I don't know that he, like, actively loves it now with how religious he is, but he still has an appreciation for it. But Hellraiser was, like, his favorite movie. He, like, he drew art of the girl, this one, like, I don't know, girl with no skin from Hellraiser. And, like, he had, like, like, like collectibles from Hellraiser. My brother loves Hellraiser. I think he might still love it. And it upsets me that he does. I'm like, <laughs> why? Tell me why. I deserve an explanation. <laughs> anyway, whatever. We also um, had a peer in grad school who was really into horror movies. It was pretty much his personality. The other half of his personality was that he was into BDSM and... Um, and so, yeah, there's a place where you could see, obviously, this person yeah, likes fear, likes sex. Hey, let's put those two things together. So, yeah, there's, I guess, people that go in the complete opposite direction. <laughs> yeah, not impressed with someone who likes horror movies and thinks BDSM. A little on the nose, don't you think? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm sorry, you're allowed to do that. If yeah, you like I, but, yeah, you are sort of fulfilling a cliche. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, but yeah, I, uh, if you, I mean, Alex or, or, you know, the man who calls us in the most, uh, or anyone who would like to call us, I would love to hear if you like scary movies or not, and if you can think of any way to, to explain why you might feel one way or the other, um, or if you could, like, say, if you feel your personality makes sense with that. Like, are you a very sensitive, emotional person who loves the Saw movies? Mm -hmm. Are you a real tough guy who can't even watch Casper? Tell us. <laughs> Call us a five no pod one one. Now the <clears throat> the person I can think of is, would be James in terms of horror, and mm -hmm. uh, this poor guy goes out to every single horror movie looking for some thrill that's never going to come. He's just chasing the horror dragon. And, uh... I mean, and, he like he, Oh, go ahead. And I just, I feel bad for the guy every time. He was like, uh... He was like, I'm going to go see Candyman. And I was like, why? Why are you going to go... He's like, I like Candyman. And I'm like, but you don't like any horror movie you ever see. You always go like, it's not scary enough. <laughs> and I was like, I you know what I'm going to watch tonight? I'm going to watch Don't Breathe 2. Because it's <laughs> stupid and I love it. <laughs> Sounds like James is just asking for one of his friends to like dress up like a burglar, kidnap him, um, simulate a <laughs> grave, put him in a sh in a grave, and mm. I'm basically talking about one of those illegal sounding immersive haunted houses that like yeah. they put the address and it costs a lot of money, and you need to sign a waiver that if you die, no one can sue them. <laughs> I feel like James wants to go to one of those. That'd be a nice Christmas present. <laughs> I did a I did an episode on those, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. Okay, I don't know. what What is just me wanting to know something in what is an episode? I can't keep anything straight. We have done way too many episodes. Is our next episode 200? 200, baby! All right, baby. <laughs> um, Speaking of scary movies, though, I was trying to think. Yeah, yeah, so this coming week on our patreon 
I'm going to do two scary movie trailers. One is Antlers, and the other is Scream 5. So you can sign up for our Patreon. We have amped up the content and not gotten any new, <laughs> new subscribers. Yeah, now we have more content than anyone wants, and we have to <laughs> for ourselves just to feel like we're busy. But hopefully, um, um, hopefully everybody enjoys our audio additions there. And uh, considering Mike Vinos had a movie-related podcast, um, hopefully he's enjoying the trailers at least a little bit. I know Marissa is, and Marissa's uh, usually my target demographic <laughs> when I do exactly. creative things. <laughs> If for no one else, this podcast is for itself. Yes. <laughs> and um, there was some movie I thought that, oh, yeah, Mike Stinson, I think, had wanted to hear your take on the trailer of Car Sex movie. What's that called? Titan, yes. Titan. And it's funny because I forgot, I know I suggested that to you, and he was like, oh, Pete talks about Titan next. And I was like, what's Titan? And he and we were like talking about it, and I was like, "Oh, I just know it as the car sex movie." Um, and Mike Stinson, if you're listening, I will do my review of the first episode of Cruel Summer in the coming weeks. Um, also, hey, Mi- Michael, between you and me, nice recommendation. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, if you're whether you're a patron or you're just a fan. Um, you might, I don't know if you've noticed, we dropped a Halloween playlist. Um, yeah, I, maybe it was a little punk heavy and new wave heavy, but you know what? I tried. The important part is I got werewolf bar mitzvah on the list, guys. So, And the important part is it nonsensically ends with, while it is from Ghostbusters, if you don't know that, that Bobby Brown song it ends with makes no sense, but I could end it no other way. <laughs> plugs. Um, yeah, so you got any plugs? Well, I guess I do. <laughs> okay. Today, when this comes out on Amazon, that's right, the I Know What You Did Last Summer series drops. <laughs> Oh, wow. Okay. And I watched the preview for it, and I can't tell if there are twins. If you're following my trailer journey on Patreon, you're starting to discover that I have problems. (laughs) What do you mean? Identifying faces. Oh. Or identifying the differences between two people who look only similar. (laughs) I thought it was of white bearded men, but yeah. No, because in the Scream one, I feel like Nev Campbell and Courtney Cox look alike, too, when they're standing next to each other. Okay, not to be mean, but one is clearly hotter than the other one. Yeah, I know, but it looks like one aged gracefully, and the other is sort of like trying to bounce back from aging. I mean... (laughs) And so I feel like they may have hit like a a center. I don't know. Um, yeah, so I'm definitely going to be watching I Know What You Did Last Summer on Amazon. I'm definitely going to hate it and love it at the same time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, another thing I wanted to plug is just putting it out there to the fans, uh, the fans of the podcast, the fans of us, the fans, period. 
the fan deaths. <laughs> Marissa and I have been kicking around the idea of doing a second podcast on the show La Brea. And really, <laughs> we just want to know if anybody's interested in that. Yeah, just, you don't need to call us on the phone. You could DM me, you could text me, you can text Pete. You, you could just whisper call. it into the wind. It will find yeah. us. Yes. Anyway, that takes the least amount of effort from for you. Just let us know, because I don't really want to do a podcast that no one listens to, because for that, me and Pete should just schedule a day every day to just talk about it. Not I worry day. that the complete opposite would happen, Marissa, that the La Brea podcast would overshadow anything that we've done on this one. Oh, yeah. That's also... <laughs> Bad possibility. <laughs> uh, but yeah, let, let us know. And, and you know, you could be someone watching La Brea and you want another take, or you could be someone that doesn't want to watch La Brea the same way yeah. I don't watch La because it got so dumb, but I listen to a recap podcast every week. So. Anything yep. to plug on your end? Riverdale podcast? I, if... <laughs> If you did not listen to our Halloween playlist, I'm just going to plug that you listen to the Bobby Brown song on our own from the Ghostbusters 2 soundtrack. I forgot the song existed, but I was listening to the podcast I think I uh, plugged last week, which was the Purple Stuff podcast. Mm -hmm. And the two co-hosts went on a trip to go like Halloween shopping. And the one guy like put on a perfect spooky mix. And then he's like, and then the Bobby Brown song, On Our Own, came. And I was like, what song is that? And then I was like, oh, yeah, this fucks. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, this song is so good. I don't even say this fucks, but I feel like there was nothing strong enough for how I feel about this song. So, Listen, I'm, no, I'm in no way am I going to diss Ray Parker Jr., but Ghostbusters 2... Between the Bobby Brown song and between the Run DMC song, original song for that movie. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to say it, it stacks up against the Ghostbusters theme. Yeah, definitely strong. But yeah, I, I couldn't I couldn't dissuade Parker Jr. either. But yeah, the, the formidable. You rarely get songs from a sequel that are so solid. Yeah. Um, Marissa? Oh, yes. You think we should get out of here and uh, talk some fantasy football? Yes. So thank you for listening. Call us at 570-POD-WAD-1. Email us at... Shout at yallheard.me. And bye. <laughs> and if you don't call for our 200th episode, which is next week, I don't know what the hell's wrong with you. Yeah, hi. Hi.